The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 92, Peaceful Family Gatherings. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you're thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields, Mindfulness Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily (laughs) daily lives and to take family and life to a new level of awakening. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls ages 7 and 10 who are always challenging me to hone my craft. Thank you so much for being here today, my friend. This is uh, this episode is being recorded pre-Thanksgiving 2017. It'll be a solo episode about six ways to bring peace to the table. Um, and I don't know about you, but this is something that's important for me in my life to, to practice and to be conscious of. So I hope this really helps you. I'm so grateful for you, that you are here, and I hope that with this episode, we can spread more peace, ripple it around. And quick, just before we dive in, I want to let you know that I am currently taking applications for a small group program called the Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Program. This program is not for everybody. It's a small group. It's for women, for moms who are ready to get the support, the strategy, the insight, and ready to do the work they need to really take their transformation to the next level so they can have more ease and more joy and better relationships and all that stuff. So uh, I'm taking applications for that now. So if you're interested, head over to my site. And so I know you guys might be confused. There have been so many different names. Um, We are going to be officially changing over everything over to mindfulmamamentor.com. So it's exciting because you can use that URL now and go over to mindfulmamamentor.com and you can actually do it in either spelling of mama <laughs> and, uh, and head over to the work with me page. So I invite you to check that out if you're curious. So peace to the table. What does that look like, right? We can imagine what we would want. We want, we all want families where we can get along, where we can have fun, where we can connect, where we can really connect to that, that deeper sense of family. But for many of us, it's not quite like, 
like that. You know, in our culture, I think we tend to focus on the food, but it is the relationships that bring us together. And ultimately, it's relationships that bring us the most lasting happiness in life. So it really is vital that we work on our relationships with our loved ones. There have been there was an interesting uh, longitudinal longitudinal study recently, and I can't remember where it was, but they followed the same people for I think like eighty years. Actually, I wonder <laughs> that if my grandfather is in that study because he goes to um, Harvard Medical every year for a checkup and and um, for you know discussion, and he's ninety three. So I'm like, is this grandpa? I'm really curious. But anyway. The study pointed out that the most important factor in longevity is solid, you know, comforting relationships. And relationships actually bring us the most happiness. And it's really, really important for us to remember. So as we come to this time of Thanksgiving, maybe of uh, Christmas, maybe Hanukkah, uh, maybe whatever you're celebrating, whatever tradition or lack of tradition you're in, you know, as we come together with our families, let's think about um, these relationships and just nurturing them sort of for the long haul. And that can be challenging, right? Many of us come from families with a lot of suffering. Certain relationships tend to cause a lot of suffering in us. And, you know, peace is not necessarily always served at our table. You know, for me, when I was a little girl, my Thanksgiving was characterized by really great food and big arguments. <laughs> after after the meal is done, I can totally picture it in my grandmother's dining room with her braided uh, rug and getting dark outside. The adults would sit around the table and the generations would just go at it. <laughs> And sometimes it was really entertaining. It was kind of like uh, Grandpa and um, Uncle Arthur would be sort of arguing. Um, the Republican side would be tend to be very political in my family. And then my dad and my uncle and my mom would be arguing the uh, Democratic side. And, and sometimes it was pretty entertaining, but... A lot of times it was really uncomfortable and uh, I had to leave the room. It was it was too much. And it, it's it's more than just politics. There's so much going on. You know, when families get together, we bring lots of baggage with us. We bring old habits. We bring our stories and our expectations for other people. We bring a lot of defensiveness. We're kind of pushed into that maybe a, a family dynamic that we had when we were a child and, you know, sort of that, that parent-child relationship dynamic, again, even though we're adults, and, and that can be really challenging. Um, you know, we bring ideas and stories about ourselves, ideas and stories about how we should parent, you know, ideas and stories about how we should be politically. So as we dive into this idea of six steps we can bring to bring peace to the table, we step six steps to practice, um, you know, it's helpful to understand that it can be a stressful time, to say the least. Uh, but I, I love this quote from John Lennon, and I want to share it here. Peace is not something you wish for. It's something you make, something you do, something you are and something you give away.
you know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Peace is not something you wish for. It's something you make, something you do. Something you are and something you give away, right? So this is, this is kind of a guiding principle here is that, that we have enormous power to change the dynamic, right? It takes, uh, two parties to create, uh, a relationship and, and, uh, an interaction. And, you know, we can either participate in the status quo or we can become part of the change. It's, it's important to kind of take a step back and look at ourselves and look at our own lives. You know, are we practicing peace in our daily lives? Are we practicing peace with our children? Are we practicing to be present uh, for ourselves and our, our all the whole variety, the whole palette of our feelings and emotions as well as are we practicing to be, be present for our children, for our partners and, and for them? So there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of prep that comes into bringing peace to the table because, you know, that it's self-care. I mean, unfortunately, the way it is in our world right now is that it is ultimately our, it is our responsibility. And, and, you know, we have to, we have to start from that base of taking care of ourselves and filling our cup and things like that. But then from that place, you know, how do you prepare for an experience with your relatives? How do you prepare? So if you're like, a lot of us, you might prepare by getting anxious, by focusing your thoughts on what you don't like about them, right? Do you do that? In other words, do you prepare for and expect a bad experience? And, and if you do prepare for and expect a bad experience, you're probably not going to be disappointed. When we focus all of our energy on what we don't like, we 
we don't have a lot of energy to look at what we do like, right? But the good news is, is that we can change our experience by changing ourselves. And the first thing that we have to do is realize that we are responsible for our own emotions. Your frustration comes from inside of you. The same experience doesn't have to leave you suffering. You can choose how you would like to be with your family to a certain extent, right? You can um, shape and guide and, and cultivate your own emotions. And oftentimes, like this is a tricky area because oftentimes emotions just arise and we don't really have a lot of control over our emotions. Yet at the same time, we do have some control. We can cultivate using our thoughts, um, using our intentions, using our body and our breath, more peace. And or we can, uh, you know, kind of go with the flow and be sort of succumbed in, by anxiety and frustration, right? There's a, there's a middle path between we have no control and we have total control. Because the truth is that we can, we do have some control. And, and we are, those feelings, they come from inside of us. So we are responsible for them. And so this, this idea of um, cultivating control or cultivating choice and how we want to feel really comes down to, um, for me and from what I've <clears throat> seen about the way humans work and the studies and things like that, is that mindfulness really gives us, a practice gives us the room to make change. <clears throat> and changing our mindset has a huge part of it. And mindfulness helps us in that it helps us to take a step out of the our thoughts and, and kind of look at them obje objectively and see, oh, okay, this is what I'm creating. This is these are the stories that I'm telling. And so generally we 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 live in world a world of stories and we until we kind of realize it, we don't even know that we're living in this world of stories. We we tell ourselves stories about ourselves. We tell stories about other people. We tell stories about the way the world works. And once we become aware of what are the stories we're telling, once we become aware of our thoughts, in other words, in, in other, we become aware of the, the thoughts that are guiding our actions and our feelings, et cetera, the thoughts that repeat again and again and again, um, then we can start to question them. Is that really true? Uh, do I really want to live by that story? Maybe I want to start to live by another story. Maybe I can start to tell my, you know, practice some new thoughts and see how those feel, right? And that's where <clears throat> we come into our six steps, right? So six steps for bringing peace to the table. So step number one is to set the intention of peace. And I invite you to say this to yourself in the morning, print it, Cut it out, put it in your pocket, say it to yourself later. I practice peace in myself, letting go of judgment. I connect with your humanity. So I practice peace in myself, letting go of judgment. I connect to your humanity. And it could be that or it could be whatever words really resonate with you. But I, I invite you to actually like literally write these down, put them by your bedside, set that intention for peace in the morning before your family gathering, maybe the week before your family ga gathering, and start to guide yourself towards expecting peace and expecting peace in yourself and practicing, literally practicing coming back to a peaceful place in yourself um, rather than what is the opposite that we do, which is more common, right, is that we start to say, oh, you know, 
Aunt Flo is she's maybe not Aunt Flo. That's a bad example. <laughs> but, um, you know, we start to expect our relatives to behave badly and we start to anticipate that. And that's anxiety, right? That is anticipating bad outcomes. That's worry. And we don't it really doesn't help us in any way, right? Worrying is like praying what you, for what you don't want to happen. And instead, let's set the intention for peace for ourselves. I practice peace in myself. I practice peace in myself. And start to think of, and, and this is um, in many traditions, there's this idea that within each of us, there is a completely peaceful, enlightened being. And I do believe that, like within you, there is a completely peaceful version of you there at the core of who you are is peace. And you can tap into that at any time. And the more you practice it, the easier it becomes to tap into that. But I invite you to practice um Letting go, softening your body, softening your muscles, doing it kind of from the outside in through your physical body, but also mentally and emotionally creating that intention to relax your mind and set the intention of peace. So that's step number one. Set the intention of peace. Make it your intention. Make that what your goal is. Step number two. Practice deep listening and loving speech with your family. So let go of judgment and accept them for who they are right now, right? Easier said than done. They might be really unskillful. They might be really rude. Who knows? They might deliberately be trying to push your buttons. Practice to instead, like, look at them and be curious about them, right? Invite your curiosity, Usually people act badly, always people act badly because people behave badly because they're feeling badly. And it's important to see that, like everybody has some suffering and it's really important to see the suffering of our family members because then we can cultivate our own compassion. So don't react right away. Instead, practice to see the feelings behind what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying and what also what they are not saying. You know, it, it's with your same with your kids. When your kids are irritable, look at their needs. What needs are not being met? What are they feeling? Acknowledge that. And so this is a really deep and lifelong practice. But we want to practice this, this mindfulness-based practice of letting go of judgment, instead inviting curiosity, instead inviting compassion. Because when we judge, we say, you are this way and that is this way, and we close the door, it's defensiveness. And when we start to get curious, we can start to be open to discovering who is this person in this moment. Um, And the reason why non-judgment is a word that's used here, you know, that we want to invite that practice in, is because left alone, the brain will automatically judge things as good or bad, right or wrong, fair or unfair, important or unimportant, urgent or non-urgent, etc., right? And this happens so fast that our experiences are automatically colored right when we get to them. And so this mindfulness is about being aware of that and taking a fresh perspective. The key here is to bring awareness and, and intentionality to these moments, 
Be aware when the brain is automatically judging a situation or person, and when we can pause and get some perspective. Was this judgment something that just popped into my mind? Is there another way I can see this? Maybe I can see that Uncle Joe picks a fight with Grandpa because he feels insecure. Can I see that he is suffering, right? Can I start to get some perspective about that moment? So that's what that non-judgment is all about when we're thinking about the idea of non-judgment for others, which is a really important part of practicing deep listening and practicing loving speeches, that non-judgment part. But also going a little deeper into non-judgment, we can practice, as we practice deep listening and loving speech, we can practice non-judgment of ourselves. And all too often we find it difficult to accept what we are feeling. And and we might judge ourselves for judging. We might judge ourselves for feeling certain things. A common pattern is to experience some initial unpleasant experience. And then we're going to feel bad about that because of feeling bad. And then we feel bad about feeling bad about feeling bad and so on. It's this really vicious cycle of feeling bad about feeling bad. The feelings are generated by thinking in unhelpful ways, so it means there are different approaches that you can take to breaking this vicious cycle. And acceptance of what you are feeling, not judging ourselves for what we are feeling, is one tool. And it's not so much a tool, right? It's more like a way of being, right? We accepting, accepting ourselves means acknowledging what we're feeling, standing back from it so that although, you know, you experience some unpleasant emotion, you don't entirely define yourself by it. And you don't, you know, it's, it's like we stop to, we stop shooting the second arrow, which is something we talk about here a number of times, shooting the second arrow. So Practice deep listening and loving speech with your family and practice that non-judgment. Okay, all right, so that was all step two. My goodness, that's a lot. We'll go back over it. We'll, we'll wrap up in the end. Step three, to bring peace to the table for your holidays. Be the peace you want to see in them. So if you, and that goes right back to just what we were saying about acceptance, like if you notice like anger, frustration, irritation coming up, greet those feelings, acknowledge them, say to yourself, hello, frustration, I see you there. And it's really important because our feelings are kind of like these, are like our toddlers, right? Like they need to be seen and heard and acknowledged or else they never stop liking you. (laughs) So notice and acknowledge your feelings. Hello, irritation. I see you there. Take a breath. Feel the feeling. And then without shoving away the feeling, maybe the irritation, you know, irritation that you feel, invite up mindfulness. Invite up peace. You know, um, you might practice like a sigh to release your tension. I, I, I think it's a great idea like to go, you know, in your family gatherings, go into the bathroom and do six big, loud sigh breaths, like, (sighs) you know, just do that. Do that with me. Here, take a big breath in. Let out a sigh. (sighs) And one more big breath in. Let out a sigh. (sighs) And, And research has shown that actually the louder and more dramatically you sigh, the more helpful it is. So that is a good tool to use. So 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Be the peace. Um, Take, you know, you might practice when you're sitting and pauses between conversation Just notice your breath coming in. Notice your breath coming out. That's a really simple one. Or you can practice extending your exhale a little longer than your inhale. And this really works because each inhale and exhale is kind of like a mini uh, stress response, mini rest and relax response in the body. And so um, when you exhale, you give yourself a little bit more of that rest and relax response. So you can try five, eight breathing is something I recommend. So take a deep breath in for a count of five, three, four, five, and then exhale for a count of eight. So three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And so you could practice that in between um, in at your family gathering. And and should you need something more, you know, go to the bathroom, do those six sigh breaths, um, and then do like a, something like a forward fold to just like release tension and to sigh. And that really, really can help. So practice to be the peace you want to see in them. So allow, invite in that peace in you. Go back to your intention, you know, that you've written down and put in your pocket. I practice peace in myself, letting go of judgment. I connect with your humanity. Step number four, see the light in them. So I invite you to treat them as if they were always peaceful and kind. (laughs) And if they are not kind, instead, see their suffering. So remember that people act badly when they are feeling badly, kids and adults alike. And, you know, go with the expectation of peace, see the light in them, see that they are, you know, this miracle of the universe, a human walking around. It's amazing. And sometimes it's helpful to see the light in them, to imagine that this might be the last time you ever see them. I mean, 
some people think it's morbid, but I actually think it's actually makes us so much more joyful and uh, present in life when we can remember that all of us, you know, something could happen to any of us at, at any time. And this is not to stoke fear, but to just remember that, you know, life is constant change and and death comes for all of us. And so maybe if we can go into your family gathering and remember that, you know, this human being, this soul, this, you know, this, you might see them as a, a spark of God or a spark of the universe or however you see them, it, whatever suffering, whatever difficulty, whatever unskillfulness they have, and, and maybe they've, you know, maybe they've done bad things, whatever it is, they, um, they still have some light in them. And maybe you can start to see that in them. And, and then when they are acting badly, remember that they're suffering. When we want to see the light in them, it's really helpful to have a, an idea, an intention of the idea of beginner's mind. And it's this word shoshin from Zen Buddhism, and it means beginner's mind. And it refers to having an attitude of openness, of eagerness, of lack of preconceptions when you're, you know, maybe studying a subject or um, just bringing this idea of the beginner to to everything so you can see things afresh because the truth is is that every single one of us is changing constantly all the time i mean every cell in your body is is it changes over like you don't even have the same cells in your body every every seven years they change over and the same is true with your family and your relatives life is changing them in every moment they are changing in every moment Practice to see the light in them and see them afresh. You know, be curious about them. Who are they now? Be curious about how life has shaped them. Maybe you can learn a little bit more about them, about their story. You know, so see see the light in them. Treat them as if, you know, you're seeing their, their light, seeing their beauty. All right. Step five. This is a really important and really hard one. Let go of the outcome. You are responsible for what you bring to the table. They are responsible for how they understand your words. And their words teach you about them, not you. So this is something we've been talking about a lot in my mindful parenting course that's currently running. The idea of not taking things so personally and that our <clears throat> the the things, especially our children, but also our relatives, say to us, and more often they teach us more about them and that person's mindset and that person, the way that person sees the world, etc. They teach them about them. They teach you about them, not you. And and so we can start to practice, and because it's not easy, we can practice to take things less personally. And we let go of the outcome, right? So we're going to bring this piece to the table. We're going to let go of the outcome. Maybe Uncle Joe will still be uh, a schmo and mess things up. And that happens. But we can we can bring peace to the table. And this, this kind of goes to this yogic practice. It's called Ishvara Pranidhana. 
And it means surrendering pranidhana to a higher source, Ishvara. So this is this idea of, um, <clears throat> it's like this big picture yoga practice. And it, it's, it wants to, the idea, practice of Ishvara pranidhana, this is the idea, and this may resonate with you, it may not. So let it go if it doesn't resonate with you. But it's this idea of um, a sacred shift in perspective that helps us to remember and align with and just receive the grace of being alive rather than kind of forcing and pushing and feeling like we need to control everything. We just let go a little bit. We let go of the outcome. And Ishvara Pranidhana, it, it really can kind of provides a pathway through the obstacles of our ego, right? Our ego is uh, that sense of self that wants to kind of protect us and keep us separate from everything. Um, and, the idea of surrendering to a higher source is just letting ourselves drop that to some degree and kind of surrendering to to grace, to peace, to nature. Um, and it can bring us a lot of peace to let go of the outcome. And the truth is we can't control everybody. We can't we can't control our children, can't control our partners. The only person we are responsible for is ourselves. So let us let go of the outcome, right? We don't know how it's going to be. And then finally, step six is practice forgiveness and gratitude. So I invite you to really practice to understand their suffering and to forgive them. Practice finding as many things as you can to be grateful for as well. So we don't practice to forgive them for them because the thing is like, whatever hurts and wounds and things we have from the past with our relationships with our family, um, when we're holding on to a grudge, when we're holding on to resentment, when we're holding on to all, all those things, I mean, it's the old story of drinking poison and hoping the other one will be hurt. Forgiveness is about freeing ourselves from being able to, having to hold all that stuff. And it might be just as simple as in your you know, you might practice this ahead of time or in that moment um, or write down past deeds and then in your heart, close your eyes, touch your hand to your heart and say, I forgive you and practice. And it might take time again and again, or you might even if it's something big and something huge and hurtful, you might say, I'm going to practice to start to be open to the idea of forgiving you, right? You practice to maybe even just get there a little bit. And this is to um, see that, you know, when people act are act badly, they're feeling badly, and people act out of their suffering. And if we have no suffering, if we have peace, then we're going to give peace to the world, right? So practice that forgiveness as best you can. Allow yourself to be human. You don't have to do any of this perfectly. And also then practice that gratitude. And I love that because here in the United States, that's what Thanksgiving is all about, is giving thanks. So practice that gratitude. Practice finding as many things as you can to appreciate. You know, maybe you go into your thanks, your your holiday, maybe it's your Christmas, your Hanukkah, your Thanksgiving, your whatever. Um, and you you it's, you notice you have the habit energy of 
kvetching, of complaining, of you maybe you notice, you start to notice your brain, uh, you know, just your internal dialogue complaining about what's going on. And that's when you notice that, that's a really beautiful golden moment because then you can say, okay, I'm just uh, bringing, you know, more negativity to this moment. What can I appreciate? Oh, I am so grateful that we have this warm uh, room to gather in, in on a chilly day. I am grateful that my, you know, that my mother is still alive, that my father is still alive if they are. I am grateful that I have a, a car to come to this gathering. I am grateful that we all have enough prosperity to come together and have all this beautiful food. I am grateful that, um, you know, whatever it is, find those things. See if you can find those things. And sometimes it's like we can shift our perspective, you know, to look and say, like, look at this. I'm so grateful I have running water in my house. You know, that can be a really huge thing. You just start to say, oh, my goodness, like, look what's in my life. Okay, so these, those are our six steps for bringing peace to the table. I will review them for you here. First, step number one, set the intention of peace. Say, you know, set, write something down and say it to yourself in the morning. Um, I practice peace in myself, letting go of judgment. I connect with your humanity. So, or whatever, write something down that resonates with you, but set an intention of peace and literally write it down and put it in your pocket. <laughs> Step number two, practice deep listening and loving speech with your family. Practice to see the feelings behind what they are saying. Practice to see what they are not saying. Practice to see, um, practice to listen without judgment and also to practice letting go of judgment for ourselves as well. Step number three, be the peace that you want to see in them. You know, if you notice your anger, your irritation, et cetera, coming up, greet those feelings, acknowledge them, and then do some practice. Practice like those five, eight breaths, breathing in for five, breathing out for eight. You might even write it down on the other side of your peace intention card. I'm going to practice this when I'm feeling my stress arising. Practice those sighs. Practice, you know, going into the bathroom, just shaking it out. That can really help. Um and if you need some ideas for practice on that, you can always go to the free resources page on my website, mindfulmamamentor.com. <laughs> Step number four, see the light in them. So I invite you to really practice to treat them as if they are always peaceful and kind. Practice to see their beauty. Practice to appreciate that they are there. Practice that beginner's mind, that curiosity. Step number five, let go of the outcome you are responsible for you. You are not responsible for how they understand your words. Okay, so let go of the outcome. That can give you a lot of peace to just know that you can't control everything. And then finally, step number six, practice forgiveness and gratitude. Practice to let go of those resentments. Practice to appreciate what you can. So maybe you can make this year the year that you transform your experience with your family. And instead of spending your energy worrying about you, what you don't want, focus on what you do want. Focus on having fun and connecting. Focus on seeing their humanity. I hope this has helped you, my friend. 
I hope that this sharing will give you more peace for family gatherings. And if it has, I hope that you will uh, go ahead and give a rating and review on iTunes. It was really easy to do it on the phone. I think it still is. I haven't gotten any new ratings and reviews recently. And it, it really is an important way to support the podcast. So if you've been enjoying the Mindful Mama podcast, please leave a rating and review. Um, you could always email me and suggest guests for me. We're going to be having some great guests coming up. Dr. Laura Markham will be on the podcast coming up soon. I'll be having Carla Nomberg back on the podcast again soon. I think we missed a month, but we'll be, we'll, she'll be coming back soon. And um, other great guests that I'm really excited to share with you. And then remember that I am enrolling and taking applications for the Mindful Mama Transformation. It's a program. It's a group coaching program. I only take six women um, per group. And so this isn't for everybody. This is for you if you are ready to uh, take those steps that you want to to create solid, unstoppable habits of mindful self-care. If you want to, if you're really dedicated to discovering, you know, the stories that drive you, discovering um, your how to deal with your inner critic and, and, and find your inner wise woman and <clears throat> learn how to... Um, how to communicate more skillfully, create better relationships, all that stuff. And it's all within the support of a sisterhood. So you get lots of, I get to listen to you, which is exciting, um, and really connect with you. Uh, and we meet about three times a month for six months. So it's a really powerful program. Um, we we walk through a half a year together. So check that out over at Mindful Mama mentor.com and look under the work with me page and you'll find that finally uh there's a free audio guide mindfulmamaguide.com and i just want to send out some thanks to dear william fields for the music and um actually you know it's cool you guys coming up my daughter maggie has been working on a musical composition and i want to put it maybe like share it here on the podcast somewhere um that is specifically for the podcast she's some inspirational music for me which is so cool so uh i hope that you have beautiful peaceful holidays i really hope that this podcast helps us to create ripple effects to create more peace in ourselves and and it really is very true that as you create more peace in yourself you create more peace for your family you create more peace for your community you create more peace for the whole world and it affects all of us i thank you for taking this time to water the seeds of peace within you uh, through listening to this podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to me, email me at hunter at hunterclarkfields.com. Please do subscribe and leave a rating. And, um, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Talk to you next week. Namaste. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? 
Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.